Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. It is an honor tonight to introduce my brother and my friend, Meshach Katumba. Finally, after two and a half years, there's hope for me. We love this family. I'll never forget how I met Bethany and Meshach. Uh, Kind of a funny story. They kept calling the church, like harassing us for directions. And I thought they were just like wanting food or something because we get all kinds of calls. And and we'll gladly help people with food. But it's like every three hours, it's like, I will call you back. Somebody will call you back. And and, and they said, we want to come to church. We need directions. And I didn't really think they were serious because most people aren't. I mean, ask Mary. We get a bunch of harassing phone calls all the time. But it was so sweet. They They just wanted to get here and they wanted directions. And then when they came, we met them and we just fell in love with them. Now they're stuck in loving it. Amen. And now, and Bethany's mama is here. What an honor to have her. Uh, Linda, is that right? Let's encourage Linda. And then Jay and Barbara are back. This is our second visit, so you're no longer guests. Now you're family. And so, what an... Nope, not after this. Nope, no, no more. You've lost your guest parking privileges. Now you're family. But, uh, but these guys, what an honor. They're sitting on the front row. I mean, come on. They know that's my pet peeve around here. I want people to sit up towards the front. So these are like instantly my new favorite people because they're sitting on the front row. But uh, let me just invite you to come Sunday. We're going to be wrapping up our series on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, it's going to be, I think, the best session I think they've all been great. The Lord has really spoke to us Sunday. We had a tremendous visitation uh, from the Spirit of the Lord. And so come Sunday, get your heart ready, be prepared. Without any more gib-gab, let's welcome our brother Meshach. Come on, encourage him this evening. Love you. Now, you're just not allowed to preach better than I do, okay? That's the only... Let her rip, Tater Chip. I love this pastor. I, he's my favorite. He's my favorite. The first time uh, when we were checking the churches, when we uh, started looking online and uh, found this church, you know, she's good in like finding out some information online. So she saw some churches and see the uh, how uh, the way they put, the, yeah, the web pages, the way they outlined them. Said. Ah, Ah, this is not good. And some could have like uh, last year's update, not for the current update. So I said, oh, what if we try this, you know? So we finally said, oh, let's go try. Maybe it might be good. Finally, we just fell in love the first day we came in. So we just love the pastor. We started hearing uh, his uh, messages even before we came here. So honestly, we are always thankful for him. So... I think he deserves a hand. Let's all give him a hand. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank Pastor James in a special way for scheduling me this time. I don't take it for granted. And I'm so thankful to have this chance. And also, you know... What a privilege to speak while your mother-in-law is there. Uh, I really love you, mom. Thank you for coming with us, and I really appreciate so much. Uh, let's give her a hand again. You're just in case. <laughs> and not forget uh, my brother here, Jay. We work together at Creighton Homes, and you know, this company is so awesome. Uh, they allow us to meet uh, during lunch that we can uh, have prayer meetings. So, Almost every day in the week we meet uh, in the, uh, they have the office, of course they do their meeting, they said, it's okay you guys, if you want you can be meeting. So most of the lunches we go meet there, so that's how I knew him, so I'm glad to be with you here. Thank you so much for coming, thank you, thank you. And yeah, that's his wife, Babla. Thank you for coming. Uh, Before I start sharing with you, Allow me to say something for BJ. Uh, BJ, I know he, I didn't even tell him, uh, and he was not even expecting. He has been also one of the people outstanding in our family, and he's a good friend of ours. We have been hanging out uh, a lot 
I think we'll do a lot, a lot, a lot later. But when we first came, he was, I think, the first person when we were meeting at Hostel. Uh, is it Hostel? Yeah, uh, greeted us, and I'm telling you, one of the elements that made us to feel welcomed, it was also uh, his uh, compliments. And he, uh, he was able to give us his number then. We could talk, like maybe we have met a couple of days. So, BJ, I just want to say thank you for you are standing with us. And uh, we are doing the visa process now. He has been also a big help since they have already gone through with uh, Rinkim. So, Thank you so much for doing all that. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you and bless you for this time. And uh, thank you for this time that we can share your word and encourage each other. Lord, I pray that God you just be with us. And I pray that may your Holy Spirit uh, guide and delight us. And that, Lord, we can speak your word accordingly. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. This evening, I would like to... Uh, speak from the message that I've entitled called Obedience to God, uh, being obedience to God. You know, uh, I had time to think uh, when uh, Pastor James asked me to share something today, I was saying, uh, what should I speak? Of course, I have had some topics that uh, I've preached or shared, but I had this topic came to my mind, and uh, I had time to prepare, go through, and God spoke to me uh, uh, the time I was going through. And I strongly believe that is going also to encourage us. It is just a word of encouraging. I just want to encourage us as the body of Christ. So uh, this topic of obedience is huge. You know, we have some subtopics that we cannot just share now and finish. I like Pastor James because he he speaks in series, you know. When he starts like prayer, he will take us through to understand and go through together. So uh, I only take the other part because I don't want to spend much of your time. If you may give me okay, okay, I would take two or three hours. If you say, <laughs> yeah, so I will just share with you uh, on the definition and the rewards of obedience. The definition and the rewards of obedience. Uh, Lord willing, in the future later, before Jesus comes, we may be able to share the advantages, the importance of obedience. But for now, I will just uh, go specific to the definition and uh, the rewards of obedience. Before I go into detail, I want to say something. You know, already I'm, I'm from Africa. I've shared with this to some of you guys. I'm from Africa, specific Malawi. That is the southern part of Africa. Now, uh, most of the people ask me, hey, where are you from? Your tongue is not from Tennessee. Where are you from? I, so I say, I'm from Africa. So uh, depending on the school that you go, uh, depending if you have more money, you can go to expensive schools. If you don't, law uh, schools. So my, my parents did not have more money to send me to good school that I could speak better or best English. So I want to say in my pronunciation, if I may, if I may say error instead of error, just bear with me. I think he, you get along and you understand. If you not understand now, don't worry. Jesus is coming soon. He will tell you what I meant. <laughs> so uh, when I say some words in the way that maybe you don't understand, I think maybe if it would be in a sentence, you may be able to pick up. But I understand because even some guys at work, they have told me that, hey, what did you say? What did you say like two, three, four times? I understand, I know. But uh, by and by, I think I'll get there. And... I think I'm not too bad, but at least. So I wanted to mention that. All right, obedience to God. Let's start with the definition. By the way, I'm gifted in teaching and pastor. So if I go in the way of teaching, don't worry. If you expect me to preach, I can preach. Both I can do. But my special gift is teaching. I'm a pastor teacher. So 
I love the pastor because he does both and he can do better than almost anyone in here. All right, uh, obedience. Let's see the definition first to understand uh, this word uh, obedience. The word obedience simply means to be submissive to authority, to be submissive uh, to authority. <clears throat> also to be in compliance with someone's wishes or orders or acknowledgement of the authority. So all what it means here is that when we say obedience, it means there is someone that you need to be submissive to. You need to be uh, submitted. So that's why I said to be in compliance with someone's wishes or orders or acknowledgement of the authority. For example, a pastor may say, hey guys, let's stand up. Okay, let's walk out. Because he is the pastor, we will all follow and go out. Why? Because he has the authority to ask us to do something. And if we do that, we are being submissive to the authority. So obedience uh, means to be in compliance with someone wishes, someone's wishes or orders or acknowledgement of the authority. Uh, I like to dig more and find out the root word or meaning of the word. So I checked Greek and uh, you can see that word. I don't know even how to pronounce it. You can help me. Hupakao uh, or what word? I don't know. It simply means to hear, listen, or follow. That word of obedience in Greek. Uh, it means uh, to hear, meaning someone is speaking to you and you are able to hear or listen or follow. That's uh, what it means from uh, its root word. And I also uh, have some source from Homan's Bible Dictionary, which defines obedience as to hear God's word and act accordingly. Uh, obedience as to hear God's word and act accordingly. So you can see the word hear, and from the Greek word, we saw that listening, it's coming together. Hear, it comes together. So it's not just uh, to obey, just to do something. No, but you need also to listen. Or you need also to hear a word. You need to understand what is being communicated. It's not just, okay, because you have called my name, then I'll come show up to you. No, you need to listen and understand uh, to the authority or to the one who is calling you. So in short or in summary, uh, we can define this word that obedience means doing what God says in the timing and manner he says to do it. Uh, I know and I understand that we all know and believe that if we talk about obedience or obeying God, it means we need to act and do what exactly what God wants us to do in that particular manner on how he's asking us to do that thing. So it goes together with timing. So if God says something to us, he expects us to do something or to respond or to do exactly what he wants us to do. The general concept of obedience, both in the Old and New Testament, relates to hearing or hearkening to a higher authority. When you read carefully in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you will find out that all this relates to hearing or hearkening to a higher authority, to be submissive, to hear something from the authority or from someone. That's what it really means. Now, from what I've understood from different people, different speakers, sometimes they are biased in the way they share uh, the word obedience. Sometimes they want uh, uh, to say only one part, not balance. They just say, okay, if you don't do what God wants you to do, then you are not doing it right. Or 
if you don't do exactly what God wants you to do, then, excuse me, then you are not going to heaven. That's not true. And they put to the way of bringing the point of justification, like you be justified because of your obedience. No, I have the important note here. Uh, the Bible, yes, strongly emphasizes on obedience, but that does not mean that we are justified by our obedience in our actions. Salvation is by grace through faith and free gift of God, not by our works. As we obey God, as we do what God is commanding us to do, it doesn't mean that when we obey and do those actions or things, will qualify us uh, to salvation. No, it's something different. Salvation we know from Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace. It's not by works. No, no, no. It is a gift that is given to us free, freely. It is the grace of God. We did not do anything to have salvation. He died for us. He gave it for us for free. We don't need to do something to get this salvation. What is the Bible teaching us? We just need to believe and have faith in him. Amen. Amen. So we need to know and understand that. And you remember very well that Jesus had to come against the Sadducees and the scribes and the Pharisees when they tried to bring the law uh, into the church, trying to teach people that if you do A, B, C, D, that's when you are going to attain salvation. No, he came to correct and uh, show them the right way. How can you obey? How can you do the right thing? That's why I have a point, he, a point here says, true obedience is more than subjection to an authority in a formal way. Uh, True obedience is more than subjection to an authority in a formal manner. For a person can be subservient without a corresponding inner disposition of obedience. Amen. That's good. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in who would want to go in so this point what it simply means there are some people who teach that you need to do something as i say that's why i'm saying true obedience is more than subjection to an authority in just the form of manner for a person can be subservient without corresponding inner disposition or obedience. Someone can come to church as a usual thing or a casual thing. Okay, I'm a Christian. I need to go to church. You can come, show up to church and go. But he's not really doing it from his inner being or from inside. He's just doing it to show that I am a Christian. I should fulfill the responsibility. I need to go to church. This point goes beyond that. Uh, obedience, it is something that is, needs to be done inside. When you obey, you need to do it fully, not just partial. Uh, I remember when I, was in the, when I was in the college, I read one of the books, uh, and it had this quote saying, partial obedience is not obedience at all. Partial obedience is not obedience at all. Uh, sometimes people would try to show that they have obeyed. But in reality, or in true sense, they did not obey at all. This thought was uh, taken from uh, the story of uh, this guy. Uh, remind me, the, the, the king... Uh, the king who had to go fight with the Amalekites. That king, yeah. <laughs> the king, 
whom Samuel anointed the first king of Israel. You read the Bible, guys. Help me. Eh? So, that's right. You are with me. You are with me. That one. That thought was taken from uh, his life or his story. He did not obey God. He was told, go and fight. Do not take anything. Do not bring anything. But what did Saul do? You remember the story. He brought some good fat animals. Why did you bring this? You know, I, I thought they are good. I can do A, B, C, D. You know, I can praise God by giving sex. No, 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 no. Amen? That was a partial obedience. So what I'm saying here is like, when we talk about true obedience, it's not just to be subjection on something or just because the authority have said something, but it should come from inner. That's why Jesus was teaching from uh, this verse we just read from Matthew 23. Would you put it again, Gerard? Uh, Matthew chapter 23, uh, verse 13. He's warning the Pharisees, the scribes, eh? for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's face. Do you know what uh, the word hypocrite mean? Or I don't know if I'm pronouncing well. Mm? Uh, I saw it somewhere. He said, that's the actor in the play. The actor in the play. Doing something that they don't do in their little life. Just play. That's how it is defined uh, from other uh, definitions. So Jesus was trying to teach and show people that when you obey, it's not just to fulfill uh, what someone has said, but you need to obey fully from inside. All of you, you need to obey and understand God, what he's talking about. I have a story of a friend in Mal back in Malawi. Uh, he's a pastor of... Uh, a church called Kingdom Gospel. This guy, God uses him in miracles. And uh, he's gifted in the gift of healing. So this other day, we still do that in, in Africa. I don't know. Here, I think he, you cannot do that. We go to mountains and fast and pray. Uh, the main reason I kept teaching my church, because we used to do that, it wasn't just to meet God, saying, okay, I'm going to mountain to meet God. No, that was uh, taken from Old Testament. People were doing that. So oh, we are going to meet God in the mountain. But we were going to the mountain just to have a separate time, you know, just a special time with God. Because sometimes we could do it at church, and you could have like some interruptions. You hear someone calling, hey, something has happened, you know. So we could just take time, go outside, not, sometimes not even the mountain, just somewhere that is quiet. That was the main reason, just to have a good time. Okay? So this guy, he went to mountain praying. He was alone this time. And he, uh, he had three days. Uh, I don't know if it's called Esther here. They call it Esther fasting, which he, he had three days without eating or drinking, but just praying. So this day as he was praying, at the mountain, one night uh, went, then the second night, then he said he saw a vision, but he was not sure. He said he saw a vision while he was praying uh, that God showed him an ambulance coming towards him. And this ambulance had uh, a person who was dead, you know. Uh, we use ambulances from the hospital going to the village. Like if somebody dies from the hospital, I think here you have uh, homes. You have what? Haste. Okay, that word. Haste. Yeah. Uh, when they take from the mortuary, they go straight to the village, do the burial ceremony. So we can keep like a dead person in this in the house. People will be in there crying all night, and tomorrow they go for a burial ceremony. So when he was praying at the mountain, uh, he had this vision, seeing an ambulance coming towards him as he was coming down from the mountain. And he, it stopped right away where he was. And he, 
the door was opened and there was a, a casket and the person was inside there. And the, an angel told him, pray for that person, he will come back to life. Then after praying, he woke up and said, I'm still in the mountain, what is going on? Then he had another night, then it was the Saturday morning, that's when he was coming down from the mountain, it was like 4 a.m. As he was walking down to the mount, from the mountain, going towards the tarmac to the bus stop, he literally saw the ambulance coming and he stopped exactly where he was at the bus stop. The door opened by itself. Nobody inside opened. And the driver and the other people who were crying, they started arguing inside there. Hey, driver, what are you doing? What has happened? Why are you stopping? Because you don't just stop like that with the funeral. What, what are you doing? Him, he, he heard them speaking literally like that, kind of like arguing inside the car. What is, what is going on? And he realized that it is exactly what God was telling him. You know what happened to him? Now, as a human being, he started thinking, should I go do what I heard? What if the person not come back to life? What will happen to me? So he started debating that in, in his mind. I'm telling you that the person I'm talking to is my friend. His, his name is Luciano Ludovico. He's a pastor. He was shocked. He, he, he never encountered a situation like that. You know what he did? He said, God, if it's you, show me something. People still arguing in the car. Still arguing. So he said, he, he started walking, going towards the car. But with those questions in his head, he said, mm, if something goes wrong here, I'll be in trouble. Then suddenly, the door closed by itself and come back and he hit him and had to fall on the ground. <laughs> now the people in the car said, what is going on? What is going on? So, okay, let's go take the funeral. Then we'll come back and get him going to hospital. Then the ambulance rushed because it was the funeral. Then when the ambulance left, then he, came, he, he woke up because by then I think he, he went unconscious, like fainted. So he was not thinking what was happening. Then when he woke up, he said, oh my goodness. I think I was hit because I did not obey. I'm telling you, he cried. When he was sharing the, he, this story, I'm telling you, you could even tell how he felt that day. And finally, he went back home. He felt guilty. He was just crying to God every day. Oh, please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. A year later, that happened. I don't know, that person for sure was buried and he, it happened like that. I don't know what you can say or think about that. A year later, he moved to Blanta. That was in Ilonga. Oh, sorry. I'm mentioning cities like you have been in Malawi. Okay, you know. He moved to southern part of Malawi, starting ministering there. I'm telling you, God uses him in healings. So people could come being prayed. The good thing he could tell them that when you come, please don't look at me. Look at God that he's the one touching and healing you. This other day, he was sleeping. And he had a vision also. He said, tomorrow, by this time, you hear a message that someone has died. It was a, a kid, I think 11 years old. And you go in the house and pray for her and she'll come back to life. This time he did not hesitate. Come morning, he heard from his mom saying, I'm going to the funeral, there's a funeral. Uh, so, 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 so. And exactly just came to him. What? There's a fear. He said, oh my goodness, another temptation. This time he just prayed. He said, God, if these people are going to kill me, let them kill me. But from what I saw the first time, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm telling you, he had to leave and go 
when he went to the funeral home where we had the when where they had the funeral he asked the people uh if they can let him in they had to let him in and her mom was in there and they said okay hey i know god uses him just do what he says so he said would you mind if i pray for her and the the, the relative said yeah no problem they prayed for, he prayed for her i'm telling you the prayer was just god let your will be done that was the prayer and when he tells you can even tell that was the prayer and all of a sudden this young lady just woke up and opened their eyes i'm telling it was the story the whole malawi it was the story all over all over all over all what i was saying is to be obedient sometimes there are situations and times that god would speak to us in a special way and it might not be common because i'm telling you when god speaks to us sometimes he speaks things different to what you know or to what you understand he speaks things that are maybe contrary to the human point of view ladies and gentlemen i would, i want to encourage you this evening that be obedient to god whatever god is telling you or asking you to do just obey some people have been uh spoken in a different way not just maybe a big thing or miracle but something special even small i want to encourage you that just be obedient to the call of god to the word of god little quick i have these three points as the rewards of obedience i said i'll share the definition and the rewards of obedience number one, an acceptable becomes acceptable and acceptable becomes an becomes acceptable acts 10 34 through 35 let's read together so peter opened his mouth and said truly i understand that god shows no partiality but in the very in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him i just had those uh two verses uh just not to bring the whole story but the context of these two verses it was the time when peter had a vision you remember god showed him about the gentile he showed him about the animals If you read from the beginning you will understand. He said you can kill and eat these animals. You are hungry. But Peter says, "Oh God, you know me, I'm a Jew. I cannot kill and eat these animals. They are not acceptable to me." That's the whole story. I'm not allowed to eat is no kill i'm god i'm i'm commanding you to do that do it it was an interpretation of the people who were not jews to receive the gospel if you read those two verses peter finally obeyed he followed what god told him yes these are gentiles These are gentiles yes it is true but i have also come to die for the gentiles and peter rushed to this guy cornelius oh is it cornelius the centurion uh-huh do you, am i pronouncing right okay cornelius or what what okay god opened the door to the gentile he was a gentile he fought god but to this time he did not really know what exactly to do but now god opened the door 
they were not accepted. The Gentiles were not allowed to receive from God or the word of God. But they were now acceptable because they received the message. Peter obeyed. I'm telling you, he had all the reasons to say, God, no, I can't go. Because we Jews, we are not allowed to go to the Gentiles. And you remember it was like an issue later, people saying, ah, you remember you, Peter, you had to go preach to the Gentiles. Yeah, what could I do? It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. What could I do than being obedient to his word? So it was not common. It was not a common thing. It was something special. But Peter had to obey because it was God speaking. Ladies and gentlemen, there are times that God will speak to us, asking us a hard thing. Or what we need is to obey. Obey what God is speaking to you. He may speak to you something different to what he can speak to me. Yes, we all have faith in Christ. But you know and remember that God knows our faith. He knows that if I can speak this to Jay, he will do it. So whenever you hear something from God, obey and do it. God has entrusted you. You are the right vessel to take his word. You are the right vessel to fulfill his purpose. Number two. Sometimes God uses obedience to meet our needs. Sometimes God uses obedience to meet our needs. In Malawi, we have churches that we don't have cement. Some they do. They have carpet. They have, they have, we have good churches. We have them. Bethany can tell you to those who said. But there are some that they have a floor with, without even cement or anything. We sweep using a broom. If someone would be spoken with God saying, I want you to keep sweeping every Sunday, every Sunday in that church, every Sunday, and just being obedient. Remember, I've put a word, some, at the beginning, sometimes. Sometimes God might use that situation or that moment to meet the need of that person. Let me make it clear by reading uh, this verse. Uh, for the sake of time, I'll skip some verses, but I have Luke 1, uh, verses 5 through 7, uh, and also verse 13. And I have 2 Kings 4, verse 8 through 7, and 1 Samuel 1, verse 7, 10 to 15. I will just say in short uh, about Luke, we are not going to read. It's about uh, Elizabeth. Let me just read maybe the first verse, uh, verse number 5, just to have a good picture. And Zechariah, uh, verse number... Luke 1, verse 5. Yeah, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, uh, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. I'll just stop there because I have some verses. Uh, this story, you know that uh, uh, Zechariah was a priest. And every time a priest was to offer prayers and do sacrifice at church. But this time, he was going to pray. He was just praying, 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 praying. You can read the whole story on your own. Now, when he was praying, part of that prayer or going to church, it was being obedient to God. Because God uh, wanted us or wants us to keep on meeting or fellowshiping in his presence. So by going to temple, it was one, one part of being obedient to God. Now, when you read down, it will tell you that when he was praying, the angel appeared to him and he said, 
God has heard your prayer. And now you have a son. You will name him John. He had a need. They were old, but they did not have a child. I'm saying, sometimes God will use your obedience to meet your need. Because he was being obedient, he kept going, coming to God, praying, praying. The Bible says, God heard his prayer. Yes. Let's read 2 Kings chapter 8. I mean chapter 4, verse 8 through 7. 2 Kings. One day, Elisha went on to that name, Shunem, or Sunem, I don't know how you can pronounce it, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn into, he would turn in there to eat food. Verse 9. And she said to her husband, Behold, now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehaz, his servant, call this Shunammite. When he, had, when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to king or to the king or the commander of the army, she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? Gehaz answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about the time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. Amen. If you can follow the story, you will see that this Shunammite woman did not ask Elisha for something. You know, thank God for wives. When I was going through my ceremony and I was reading her military Bible, I found this point down. She wrote it down. I don't know when, where, but she wrote down this saying, the woman wanted to give to Elisha, not to receive anything. Thank you, my wife. I love you. <laughs> the woman wanted to give to Elisha, not to receive anything. Just pretend like what has happened did not happen, okay? You may be saying, ah, what is happening in the church? We are still in the presence of God. We are still in the presence of God. Please don't give me discipline, Pastor. Don't give me discipline. This woman, what she did was obeying God's word. You may not understand or see it, but God spoke to her. Talk to your husband. You see, this is a man of God. Take care for her, for him. This is a man of God, Pastor James. Take care for him. So I will not miss your hair, sir. <laughs> Elisha did not think that one other time he will meet a Shunammite woman. He used to pass that way 
going to do his job, coming back, going back and forth. Until this woman was moved by God. God spoke to her, saying, do you see this man who is passing here? He's a man of God. And he, she goes to the, her husband saying, this is a man of God. Let's make a room for him. He should rest and go back energetically, strong, share the word of God. She did not ask Elijah that, okay, man of God, I want you to pray for me. I don't have a child. No. All what she did was to being obedient to God, to take care for a man of God. What happened? Let me tell you, whenever you are obeying God, one time or the other, I'm telling you, God will remember you. Amen. No matter what. He will surely remember you. The man of God said, Gehaz, may you ask her, what is it that she doesn't have? We should pray to God that God should do something. Should we ask for the king to do some favor or should we speak to command? He said, no. By the way, she had everything. It is saying, this woman was rich. She had everything. She had wealth. She had almost everything. But the man of God was moved with what she did. And God saw her. And Elisha comes to her. You shall be blessed. Next year, this time, as I talk to you, you will embrace the child. What a wonderful word. She was not even expecting that. She wasn't. She was shocked. Did you hear what she said? Her man of God, yes. I thank God that you are here, but please don't lie to me. Okay, I don't want you, I don't want to hear that because it will just bother me. You know, I'm already old. They were old, they had no child. Sometimes God would use that obedience that you do on that something to meet your need. Because he just obeyed, God gave her a son. What Erasha said. It came to pass. The same time as Elisha spoke, a Shunammite woman had a son. And she rejoiced. Whenever we are praying, I know and I believe that we want God to do something. But let's pray that God, whether you give me something or not, but I'll keep on being obedient to your word. I will stand. You remember what Paul says? In the book of Romans. I did not give him that one, uh, that scripture. Romans 8. Uh, if you read from verse 35 and jump to go, verse 38, uh, 39, Paul says about situations. That there are times that may come what are they? What are those times? Is it tribulation? Is it need? Nakedness? Or what? Famine. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature, nor, any, nor height nor depth, no, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever circumstances we may face, but let's stand still before God. He is able to see us. He will see us through. Let's be obedient to his word. Amen. 
For I recall that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. What a wonderful encouragement from Paul. Amen? Oh, if you are wondering, it's Romans 8, 18. God is faithful. He'll be with us. He will not leave us. Isaiah 10, 21. Fear thou not, for I'm with thee. Be not dismayed, for I'm thy God. I will strengthen thee here. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. He will not leave us alone, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just be obedient to his word. Finally, obedience would make God to change our situations. I did not read the first Samuel 1 verse 7. You can read on your own time. This was the time when Hannah, you know, kept going to Shiloh year after year. What a wonderful woman was this. Year after year. Penina, mocking her. You don't have a child. You don't have a boyfriend. No, he was married. I'm just adding some words. Huh? You don't have A, B, C, D. Years and years are going. You are not even marrying. People are not looking at you. Huh? Look, your friends, we have kids, blah, blah. She kept on pouring her heart. And I love the verse. Uh, inside, uh, it's within the... Uh, from verse 7, and I think if you read up to 15, uh, one of the verses says, Oh my Lord, I'm not drunk, but I'm pouring my spirit unto the Lord. Yes. You know what she was doing? She was just being obedient to God, year after year. Let me tell you, we take it simple when we go to church every day. But you never know. Sometimes God will protect you somewhere because you have been faithful in coming to church. A simple thing. Because you are being obedient on something simple. I know Pastor God started playing the keyboard now to say, Mishak is <laughs> Obedience would make God to change our situations. Let me tell you, God will come and meet us. You can read uh, on your time. I don't want to be disciplined by pastor. Then he will not give me another chance of preaching. I need to keep time. Second uh, Kings 20 verses 4 through 6. And 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 7 verse 14 to 15. You can read on your time. Whenever uh, you have time. On 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 to 15. Everybody knows that those verses. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and ask forgiveness of their sins, I in heaven will hear them. My ears will be attentive to their prayers. And with his eyes he will be able to see us. If we obey his word. Obedient plays a big role in a Christian life. As we walk with Jesus, Let's keep in obeying his word. He might call us, hey, I want you to go somewhere to a mission field. Go. Respond to a call. Whatever circumstance may come, whatever opposition may come, but say, God, I will obey you. Whatever situation will be, whether thick or thin, but I will obey you, God. I know you have promised me that you will never, ever leave me alone or forsake me. Wherever I go, you'll be with me. Here I am, O Lord. Finally, let me close by saying this. It was hard for me to respond to God's call being a pastor. It took me two years. In 2005, I said, God, no. I can save you, yes. I'm a Christian after all, so uh, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to heaven. So even if I'm not being a pastor, I'll still go to heaven. You know? But I don't want to be a pastor. God was calling me, telling me, giving me assurances. I want to use you. 
I said, no. Why, if you ask me? I had my own uh, physical reasons or human point thinking reasons. I said, no, for ABCD. Until uh, 27, I mean 2007, when I was still wrestling with God. He was not speaking to me with audible. No. You may think like maybe you were saying, hey, Mishak, I want you to be a pastor. No. It was just giving me a zeal when I speak to people, when I preach, when I'm, I'm given a chance. It was just that zeal. So it was growing and growing until this other time I said, God, here I am. I surrender everything to you. Deal with my life. Use me the way you know me. You knew me before I was born. Even before I was in the womb of my mom, you knew me. So I'm surrendering everything to you. Soon after that prayer, a few months to come, my pastor says, hey, we have a church here. There's no pastor. We want you to help us. I said, here I am, God. That's how I ended up to be in ministry. Let's try to listen and do what God wants us to do. Whenever he's whispering to us, whether to be through word or through man of God, let's respond to God's call. Let's be obedient. Yes, I know it will be hard. You have some oppositions. You, have, you will meet some temptations, situations that will, will rate you down, but still trust God. Say, God, here I am. You know me. And he knew me even before I was born. Let's all stand. I know that each one of us as believers, we have got times and different situations that God speaks to us. This moment, I want you to think, what is God speaking to you? Lately, what has God has been speaking to you? What is it that God wants you to obey? Just reflect your life. It might be a gift that God has given you. Don't sit on it. It might be something that it might look like simple. But what is it God has been speaking to you that he requires you to obey? We have read from the scriptures here that God spoke something to different people. It might be God speaking to you to bless someone or to do something for man of God. Anything. What is it? God is faithful. And you never know that one day he may use that situation of obedience to meet your need. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we come before you. We know you know us much better, God, than the way we know ourselves. Thank you for your gift of salvation that you granted to all of us. There is something that you want us to obey. Lord, I pray this evening, for I strongly believe that you have got a reason and a purpose for each one of us in here right now. What is it that we took it for granted not to act when you told us? When we heard your voice, it is my prayer this evening, O oh God, that you give us strength you give us courage, O oh God, to respond to your call. Help us to be obedient to your word, O oh God. Help us to stand 
and do what you want us to do, O oh God. Lord, I pray for your people. Whatever it is that you have spoken to each one of us, O oh God, may it come to pass, O oh God, in Jesus' name. I pray that God come to the point of our needs, O oh God. Some might be just situations interrupting the call that you have given them or the way that you have given to them, O oh God. It is my prayer, O oh God, that fight for them and help them to break through in Jesus' name. Be with us and help us and guide us and use us to your own glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We can take a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Come on, let's encourage Meshach. That was great. Man, that was so good. Thank you. Now, that was just the introduction. Open your Bibles to 3 John chapter. No, I'm just kidding. Meshach, that was great. You really shared your heart, so thank you. Wouldn't it be great to have him minister again to us? I think everybody would really be blessed by that. Uh, this coming Wednesday, next Wednesday's all church prayer. We want to invite everybody to come for an hour. We're just going to pray and worship. Then the following week, BJ is going to be bringing our teaching. We've got some incredible Bible teachers in this uh, church and very excited to do that. Uh, you know, it's so funny. All these preachers give me a hard time about preaching long and then every one of them go like an hour. And it's like they rebuke me for 35 minutes and they're watching the clock and then they all, every one of them go like an hour. But... No, I'm just teasing. That was really good. Meshek, it was worth staying for. It was. It was really good. Well, I appreciate him and, and BJ and Pastor Rick and Pastor Michael. They all study. They prepare. They don't just show up uh, willy-nilly and just make stuff up like I do on Sundays. I mean, they really prepare and they really work hard at it. But anyway, thank you. That was great. One more time, let's encourage him. Appreciate that, brother. All right. We love you. We'll see you Sunday.